Hey, my friends, if you're looking for a faster, better way to grow and scale your landscape business, you likely don't need to join just another free Facebook group or watch another YouTube video. What you need is a proven, cohesive growth strategy for your business, along with the one-on-one coaching or group coaching and accountability to support you every step of the way. And that's exactly what the Million Dollar Academy delivers to you. The Million Dollar Academy is coaching, tools, accountability, and done-free resources for landscapers who want to take the guesswork out of scaling and growing towards a profitable multiple six, even seven-figure-plus business without all the stress and all the hours of agonizing. How do I get everything done? Or am I doing this right? Or what do I need to focus on next? The Million Dollar Academy is about thinking differently and thinking bigger about how to be a successful business owner. It's about more than just being good at landscaping. It's about how to create more profit and how to scale all while relieving some of the pressure on yourself. We do have group and one-on-one coaching spots available. So if you want to go learn more, head over to milliondollarlandscaper.com forward slash academy and get in there today. If you've ever struggled the daily grind of making and keeping track of work orders, you have to check out Easy Beasy. Easy Beasy's easy to use, easy to learn, affordable work order and time clock app with unlimited users included with every subscription. Make and edit work orders anytime, anywhere you're working, at your desk, in your truck, on the job site, even on your couch. With Easy Beasy, you can easily copy work orders to use over and over, which is great for mowing and plowing. You can also keep track of employee timesheets, contact your customers, add notes, instructions, even pictures of your jobs. Easy Beasy works on Android and Apple devices or any tablet or computer. Easy Beasy also has a wide variety of reports so you can have all the info you need for billing right from your phone. Say goodbye to paying for extra users because everyone gets unlimited users on Easy Beasy. Try Easy Beasy for free for 30 days. Visit easybeasy.app forward slash MDL to sign up. Easy Beasy is a simple work order and time clock app for mow crews, hardscape crews, and everything in between. Start saving time and money with Easy Beasy. Visit easybeasy.app forward slash MDL to sign up today. We want to take a quick second to tell you about our friends over at Cycle CPA. I can't even express to you how important it is to have a good accountant on your side. You know you want accurate bookkeeping and financial statements every month. Instead, you're often left with limited time to focus on the accounting side of your business and no reports to show for it. At Cycle CPA, the landscaping accountants, they not only handle the bookkeeping, but also provide landscape industry benchmarking, job costing, financials by service line, advisory meetings, and much more. Cycle CPA has a team of landscaping accountants available to provide anything from bookkeeping to CFO services. Visit CycleCPA.com and for $100 off, mention the Million Dollar Landscaper podcast. Welcome back to Million Dollar Landscaper podcast. Today, I'm super excited to bring back on our friend Carla Palicastro of Cycle CPA. She is better known as the landscaping accountant. So I'm excited to have you back on, Carla. Thanks for joining us today. No, I'm excited to be on too. It's always a fun time to talk with you and talk numbers, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's a, we, we love numbers over here. So I appreciate you being on here. For those that aren't familiar with you, would you mind just telling a little bit about you and how you got started in the green industry and a little bit about Cycle CPA? Yeah. So yeah, my name is Carla Palacastro, CEO of Cycle CPA. So 
We do anything from bookkeeping all the way to CFO services, and we just specialize within the green industry. And, you know, I got into the green industry because I used to work at a small accounting firm where we helped everybody under the sun and didn't really focus in on any industry. But because of the town we were located in, our demographic was largely Hispanic-based community. And a lot of those business owners, right, they own landscaping businesses and construction businesses. And so I got to know a lot of their pain points and, you know, wanted to help them out more. And I knew that the need was there. So when I decided to branch out, I knew that this was the industry I wanted to specialize in. I love it. I I do appreciate you being just uh, mostly specific to the green industry. So I, I really like that. That's one thing. That's why we always recommend people that join our academy just to go to you guys because you guys do an amazing job. You get their books back on track and it makes it easier for me actually to help them with their estimating. So (laughs) thank you. Yeah, no problem. We're happy to do it. I always say we're cleanup experts at this point. It's just, or forensic accountants too at some point. (laughs) I like that term. Yes. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Well, today I wanted to have you on because I want to talk a little bit about uh, KPIs, what they are, and why landscapers really need to use them. It's something that I think it's going to be very important this coming season. If it's, you know, they are talking about a recession, if it would happen, I think it's really important for us to kind of track certain things. Would you agree with that? Yeah, no, of course. It's important to track KPIs, just the normal business activities. But of course, with an economic downturn, you want to track those more closely and more frequently, as frequently as daily or even weekly. So. So what are KPIs, if you don't mind explaining what they are in general? Yeah, they're key performance indicators, and it's a way to quantify and measure a specific goal that you have for your business, right? And basically, it provides a target for the business owner and the team or leadership to kind of shoot for in any specific area. So it could be on the sales side, you can have KPIs, operations, HR, any you know side of, of the business can have key performance indicators that you should monitor. Yeah, and, and it's something like I don't feel many landscapers do. They don't monitor. They're just busy working, especially if they're smaller businesses. They're just in the business and just working, working, working. And KPIs can just kind of get pushed to the side and not worried about until it's too late. Yes, it's true. And it's important to track it because that's how business owners can make better business decisions, right? A lot of the times I see, okay, I just went based off of my gut feeling or based upon what's in my checking account or what we need at that time. But measuring and looking at these KPIs can help you make those decisions because maybe you're making a decision to help something in the short term, but you're not really analyzing and see how is that going to affect my business in the long term. So that can help you too. And also with KPIs, you get buy-in from your team. It no longer becomes about Carla and what I want. I'm not the company. It's Cycle CPA, right? It's not what I want. It's what the company wants. And here is the business and how it's performing. And this is what the business needs. So maybe one of your KPIs is direct labor hours, right? Or revenue per hour. So what can we do in the business to kind of you know, operate more efficiently. Now it no longer becomes about the business owner, right? And you telling them things, they have a scorecard and something that they can measure their performance against. 
Yeah. And I think that's what happens a lot of times. They just fly by the seat of their pants. They just go by, like you said, the gut feelings and ah, I think I need to do this, I need to do this. But you have those numbers in front of you and those numbers don't lie and it makes it easy to make a decision, whatever, whatever you're going after. Yes. No, 100%. You can make all your decisions based upon your financials, you know, whether you need to hire someone, purchase a vehicle or add on a new staff member. So would you mind giving some examples of KPIs and kind of elaborating on those? Yeah. So one of the questions that I get most often from business owners is, can I purchase that piece of equipment? Can I purchase that truck, right? Is this the right time? Do I have the right amount of capital to be able to spend this much a month on financing? Because you may need to finance, right? So that's an extra $500, $800 a month, whatever it is, right? Am I able to afford it? Is this the right time? Should I make that type of investment? Because a lot of the time when you're going to purchase a piece of machinery or an equipment or truck, it costs a lot of money, especially in this market. You're going to be putting down down payment on it and you're going to take out a loan for over five years and even if you have the money to fully finance it yourself right it's still a huge upfront investment so you want to make sure that okay i really need this piece of equipment or or i do need this vehicle and it's going to serve me and my business for the long term so we look at a few kpis to help our clients make this decision That's another thing I want to say. It's maybe to make one decision, you're not going to look at just one KPI. You're going to look at a few and then go from there, right? So I'll get into it. So the first one we look at for this is return on assets. So that's net profit divided by total assets. And what that's measuring is for every piece of equipment that you're using or vehicle, how much is that those items producing a net profit for you in your business? Are you using that effectively and efficiently to produce a profit? And so we want to see a good goal is 15 to 22% when you have that metric. If you're under that, I'd say that, okay, you still have some room for improvement, right? For the machinery and equipment that you have in place already. Because This industry is driven a lot on heavy machinery and equipment, right? And trucks, you want to make sure that you have a high return, like 15 to 22%, and you want to measure that. So another one that we look at is asset newness. I really like this one because it measures how new or old your assets are, right? Your piece of equipment and machinery. If you're buying too many assets and they're all new, then why are we going to purchase more? right? (laughs) As opposed to if you have a bunch of tired out junk, then okay, maybe it's time to upgrade. You're right. You're spending too much on repairs and maintenance costs and so on. So that one, the formula is net fixed assets divided by gross fixed assets and non-current assets, which probably sounds like a foreign language (laughs) to you guys. (laughs) But it's more important to know what this means. So it's measuring how new or old your current assets are that you have in place. So if we see that this number is really high, right, then we're going to see that you're buying too many new toys, I would say, right? Or if it's, it's low, then 
that means you have a lot of old stuff in there, but you want to be between 0.4 and 0.6 for this metric. So Carla, real quick, where can they get this information? Where do they go? Like, where would they find this and what reports? Yes. So you'll need your profit and loss statement and your balance sheet, and then you'll need to calculate this, right? Maybe on a spreadsheet, on a piece of paper, but you'll get your numbers from your profit and loss and balance sheet. That's why it's important to have accurate financial statements Mm -hmm. so you can calculate these things. I think that that was a key term there. It has to be accurate. It has to be up to date. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You want to make sure you're making good decisions based on current, accurate data that's up to date. Exactly. On those notes, though, I guess you said, you know, you can do this on a a spreadsheet or what have you. Yeah. Because typically, like, you're not going to go into QuickBooks and pull up a report for those two things that you listed, correct? Right. QuickBooks doesn't have that functionality to be able to do that. Right. So you'll need to, but you can pull reports. You can put your financial statements and get the numbers from there. You can have your accountant do it for you. Mm -hmm. It's really, it doesn't take much time if you have accurate financials, but there are also other things that you can do. I'm sure there's software out there too that connects to your QuickBooks and is able to spit out these ratios for you as well. Well, that brings up a good point too, is when you are going over your end of year stuff with your accountant, these are some of the things you can have a discussion with them about as far as like some of these KPIs and then at least they can maybe help set it up for the future if you're not doing those already, correct? Yeah, exactly. A good accountant, they should be not only tracking your financials because that's more compliance. You know, you need your numbers. They're there. I mean, they're not going to tell you that much. That's You need these ratios. So your financials become a story and help you actually make decisions. So a good accountant, they're going to meet with you at least on a quarterly basis and go over these KPIs with you. They're not just going to leave you in the dark. Here you go. Here's your numbers. Calculate it. (laughs) And and then you'll go from there. But yeah, that's what I recommend. I love that. That's a good point there too, is is having a good accountant that's going to go over these numbers with you at least quarterly. Because I know in the past we had an accountant it was only the tax time it was the only time we went over there to, to talk to him or we had some issues down the way. To me, that's not the whole point of having an accountant. Like, you're the professional on this. Please give me some more information on this. And this is some of the information that you need to gather from. Yeah, that was my first experience at that small CPA firm where we just did taxes. And that was the model there, which is fine. But um, when you have people coming in all the time and asking you these questions and wanting that information... I always felt limited in my time. And also I didn't have the resources to be able to provide that information. But that's all we did is we pumped out tax returns. See you later. This is how much you owe. And we're structured differently because I know what that feels like. And we're more revolved around more of the advisory aspect is what you would call it in accounting is advising the business owners, meeting with them, going over the numbers and making sure that we're issuing the financials accurately. So we can do that. Nice. I love it. I love it. Are there any other uh, KPIs they should be watching? Yes. So two more for this category. So the next one is asset turnover. It's total sales divided by total assets. And so this is measuring your assets against the sales. So if you have enough assets to produce the sales that you have, right? So let's say that this year you have a sales goal, right? And you want to make sure that you have enough machinery and equipment trucks in place to be able to meet those goals. This ratio is going to tell you a little bit about that based upon historical data. 
a good goal is to be between 2.5 and 5. And so let's say that you score a low number, then that means that you invested a little bit too much in equipment before you had the sales. So you may want to hold off before purchasing any more assets, right? But if you have a high number, that's what we're wanting to see. And then you can be comfortable with purchasing another piece of equipment. And that's what we're seeing a lot. It's okay. That's another question, I guess, like, I have these two idle pieces of equipment, what should I do? Should I sell it? Um, Should I hold off and maybe advertise and market for more of those types of jobs? Sometimes, you know, you'll have to make those decisions. So we have to like calculate this out and, and also look at the market and kind of how it's trending as well. But the final KPI I have is your debt ratio, because if you do need to finance through Sheffield or Ford, whatever it is, right? You don't want to take on more debt if you're already over leveraged, right? So that's another thing. And it's going to see if we can make that extra payment. We can fit that into your financials. So that's what that tells us there. You don't want it to be greater than 100% or one, because then that tells me that your business has more debt. You owe motor others than you have assets. And that's not a good thing. You want to have more assets in your business than you were to have debts, right? Um, Owing to other people. So that's important to measure if you're going to finance an asset kind of. And if you have all of those four KPIs and you're seeing more of those KPIs are telling you not to purchase the asset, then, you know, go that way and, and so on. So now how on all these are they, you recommend to look at these quarterly or more than that, or when they need the equipment Um, I would say that you should measure these four quarterly at least. Yeah. And then, of course, if you're thinking about purchasing a new piece of equipment, you're going to measure this and you're going to use a period in time, right? So let's say that like if you were right now, we're in the first quarter of the the fiscal year, right? So Mm -hmm. I would look at the first quarter numbers. Or if you want to look at an extended period of time, look at the rolling 12 months for profit and loss and balance sheet. But you can even look at last year because we're so close within the year. But you never want to just measure one month with the balance sheet KPIs because not a lot of things change on your balance sheet in one month. You're not purchasing a new asset every single month or taking on a new loan. So it doesn't become as important to measure those kind of KPIs on a monthly basis, just quarterly. But there are some KPIs you want to measure weekly as well. One of the things is you might want to look at your closing ratio weekly to see how many bids you're closing on. And you want to measure that against sales, right? See if you're going to meet your sales goal. Things that you may want to measure daily is your productivity out in the field, stuff like that. Do you think they should be looking at their revenue or sales too every so often? Just make sure they're staying on track, especially if they do create a budget? Oh, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. And I think there's an important thing to know. You you need to know your break-even sales, right? And you need to know, okay, what is my target profit sales number? Okay, so break-even sales, what that means is how much sales do I need to generate this month in order to break even. So that means you're not going to make any money. You're not going to lose any money. It's at zero. You want to know that number. You want to keep it in your head, especially with a seasonal business. You want to make sure that you're at least hitting that number in the months where you're slower at, right? Mm -hmm. 
And then your target profit sales number is, okay, let's say if I said, okay, set a goal that I want to hit 15% profit this year, I need to generate X amount of sales to generate that profit. So then you also want to keep that sales goal in mind per month that you need to make. A lot of people use that number to communicate with their sales staff, right? This is how much you need to generate per month. And then you're keeping up with that weekly because you're able to hold your employees accountable to that number. Yeah, like in our academy, we teach them to create a budget and, you know, they set their goal of whatever, how much they want to do in sales. Right. And I was talking to one uh, one of our clients last year and it was probably about three quarters of the way through the season. I'm like, oh, you know, where are you at in sales and everything? I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, okay, let's let's pull up and let's just look and see where you're at. And they're like, oh, we're not even close. Okay, well, this is something I, I guess is something I needed to work on is better being a better teacher on. But I'm like, okay, we need to monitor this more often so you can stay on track because- if you're already that far behind, if the season's already three quarters of the way through, you only have a few more months to try to catch up. And it was like, it was a big difference from what their sales goal was. So it's important to like learn some of these KPIs and track them. Yeah, no, I, I have similar stories, but the clients that we do budgeting for, whenever they don't meet their sales goal in one month, we have to spread it out in the next month because now they need to pick catch up so that they can make their revenue goal for the end of the year. But it's even more important to track net profit goals so I have seen too where people may not meet their sales goal, but they exceeded their net profit goal because they were able to keep more expenses down. And to me, I'd rather make more profit than hit my sales goal. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I think one of the things is net profit, right? It becomes a big KPI. And, and I think it's important to keep your employees accountable to net profit as well. Because then if you only keep them accountable to sales numbers, then they're not going to care about any of the other expenses that flow through the business, right? Because, you know, you need to have them buy into this is how much we need to stick with material costs. This is our direct labor ratio. This is how much we should be at gross profit monitoring all of that so that you can meet your net profit goals as well. We actually, uh, Katie, my wife, she actually wrote a blog post years ago. We called it the $100 shovel. And it was more so just to teach our, our team members the importance of like just a simple shovel. You think it's, oh, I just broke it. You know, I ran it over the piece of equipment, whatever it is. Well, it's not just a $20 shovel. The time we go get it and everything goes behind it, it adds up quite a bit. So I, I agree with you 100%. Like keeping your, your team in the loop on, on these certain numbers. And you don't have to tell them everything. You don't have to be telling them what you make. But at least I think it's really important to have kind of open book policy on some of those things. Is that something you see as well? Yeah, no, of course. It becomes so important to have an open book policy at some extent, whatever you feel comfortable with. You don't have to show all the numbers. But even as a business owner, sometimes even ourselves, we don't understand these costs. So how can we expect our employees to understand the costs of things? Again, then it doesn't become about you and what I'm telling you to do and the hours that I'm telling you to work. It becomes about the business and what the business needs and what that is generating. Yeah. So if you do practice that open book policy to whatever extent you want to and you hold them accountable to these goals, then it becomes about the business. And I feel that people do want to hit their targets. They mm -hmm. want to have a goal in mind for themselves so that they can hit that target. But I think a big aspect that becomes part of that is how do you get them to buy in? So it becomes like you need to incentivize them too. 
So if you're going to be sharing the numbers, what's in it for them? Maybe they get a bonus or commission, they get promotions, they get performance evaluations, right? And then they get promoted. And it's good for culture too, Mm -hmm. to monitor KPIs, right? Because people feel a sense of pride when they reach a goal or get promoted and everybody in the company sees. I think that's really how you're going to be able to get the buy-in. Yeah. I love what you said earlier about the uh, productivity rates of the crew members. I think it's important to kind of share that and teach them why it's important and how they can affect that overall. So is there anything that you think they should be doing with that or how do they actually go about figuring out that productivity rate? Do you have any yeah. tips on that? Yeah, it's kind of hard, right? Because it's like walking that fine line of, okay, you're not trying to micromanage your team mm-hmm. and uh, monitor every minute too, but kind of that's when those softer conversations kind of come into play. But I think that, you know, knowing how much billable and unbillable hours that each team member has, right? And then how much you have scheduled out for the day or week, right? And measuring it against that. And you as a business owner have to know how long it takes to do a job. And also your productivity, you, you may be more productive and work at a faster pace than your employees, right? So you can't, as much as you want to hold them at, to that productivity standard, it's never going to be like you as a business owner. It's just never going to be that. But if it takes you an hour to do something, maybe it'll take them an hour and a half. You want to add that buffer in and measure them against that. But I would never give my employees something that I never worked on. And say, here, well, they'll figure it out and we'll see how much hours it takes them. I think that's one of the biggest problems in any industry is knowing how long things take, the square footage of something, the cost of something, how many minutes per lawn, right, you're going to mow, stuff like that is something that you need to build a database for. And then you can hold your team members accountable to that. That's exactly what we do. We teach is, is you can actually create the bonus systems based on that because they can have the numbers up. Like I've been to companies where they actually had like a productivity rate up on the whiteboard yeah. and the crews would come in there and actually create a competition between the crews who can get the highest, you know, rate. And then whoever the winner was that what I think it was quarterly, they had like a luncheon for them that they can come and get, you know, a full decked out lunch and stuff like that, just to reward them through that. So yeah, yeah there's all kinds of things you could do once you start monitoring these numbers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think it will take a long time to gather this information. If you're someone who has never timed yourself, or have never really looked at the cost of something, it's not something where you're just going to figure it out the next day. I think it's going to take a whole season of doing something and tracking. And then maybe for next year, you have a good place to start from. Yeah, absolutely. I used to actually go out there as before we had the smartphones, I literally had a stopwatch and I would time my team, how long it put a gallon plant in, how long it took to put it a two inch tree. In, and, you know, I just, I timed everything and that's how I was able to create our production rates because of that. So, but then I had, like you said, that database, but it didn't happen overnight. It took months and months of gathering information because I didn't want to be out there like watching every single detail and like, they think I'm you know, <laughs> monitoring, micromanaging them. No, I'm just trying to get some data so I can estimate better. And I had to explain this to them, but uh, once they understood and why I was doing it, they were on board with it, but it just took, took a bit to explain it to them. Oh yeah, definitely. And also, you know, I hear a lot of horror stories like clocking in and out of jobs. They don't do it. We can't hold them accountable to it and stuff like that. So I like your approach. You just went out there with the stopwatch and you did it yourself. Yeah, I did. <laughs> 
I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I like was out there literally with a stop watching a piece of paper and I jotted down everything. And then, well, now like there's, there are some companies out there that do have some industry like production rates that are out there. Yeah. Um, this is something that we have in our academy. We share those with them just wow. to get them started. You don't have to do all the timing yourself, but right. uh, it is important. Now, is there any other KPIs that you recommend they, they watch or, and monitor? Let's see. Or is that pretty much it? I think we want quite a few there. <laughs> yeah. Um, revenue per employee. Okay. So revenue divided by the number of employees you have. This one will help you monitor the capacity of each employee that you, you do have and how much revenue they can take on and have taken on in the past. It's going to help you with hiring. You know, when do you need to hire your next employee? So let's um, say that for last year, you you did this calculation and every employee produced 100000 in revenue. And this year you have $300,000 more in revenue scheduled out for the year. Then you're going to need three more employees. It's really easy to keep track of, you know, capacity planning is, is super important because you don't want to lose quality of service because you didn't have enough team members or also you don't want to lose out on potential sales because you don't know when you need an extra employee, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it just alleviates a lot of headaches and you can also take on an employee before, you know, as an investment, you're going to take on an employee before you see them taking on 50,000 worth of revenue. And, you know, maybe when they get to that 50,000, you have to start interviewing people again, because this employee is now going to be up to capacity for the year. Is that full-time employee? Yes. Full-time equivalent. Okay. Yeah. So 2,080 hours a year. And a lot of people have to do it that way within this industry because it's seasonal. So you may Mm -hmm. be working eight months out of the year. Doesn't equate to full-time equivalent. So you, you want to get full-time equivalent 2,080 hours a year. Yep. Do you have anything like horror stories of somebody that doesn't monitor these KPIs? I mean, do you see anything that bad happens when people don't monitor these? Yeah, no, of course. I think people are scared of knowing the truth sometimes, right? And they try to avoid just even having an accurate profit and loss and balance sheet or you know, sometimes you just don't understand and you're like out of sight, out of mind. I, I don't want to know a profit and loss. I don't even know how that will benefit me. But someone like, you know, Apple didn't get to where they're at just by avoiding their financial statements, right? So if you're serious about your business and you do want to maintain a healthy company, not even if you want to grow, you don't have to be a big company, but you want to be a healthy company, provide for your employees and yourself, then you do have to get serious about tracking your financial statements and then tracking these KPIs. And what I have seen is, like I said, I, we get a lot of cleanup jobs when there have been years and years and years of bookkeeping that hasn't been done. And what I see is that when they haven't been doing their bookkeeping for so long and haven't had that financial clarity, making decisions off of the financial statements, is that they were having cash flow issues right? People were breaking even and not making any money or even worse in the negative, not making any money and and losing money. And so once we get them caught up, we look at these KPIs, we look at the, okay, these are the top three things that you need to improve, right? Maybe you need to 
buy less assets, work on efficiency, monitor utility expenses, whatever it is, right? And when we see that they're really focusing on that after a few months or a year that they've been working with us, we do see that turnaround, right? We see that they're building a healthier company because now they're making decisions based off of their financials. They have an accountant, right? You're doing the right thing. And us as accountants, we get so much gratitude towards us because now they know their numbers and they're happy that they don't have to worry. Also for taxes, right? They have to file their taxes so they don't have to worry about not having uh, financial statements for that as well. So, and it's nice for us to see these companies succeed too. Yeah, I love that same feeling. Well, that's one reason why we started our academy is because we have in this area here, we're just out of uh, the suburbs of Chicago. There's tons of landscape companies. We see so many companies come and go in this area. And like, why is that? And it's because they're they're really not wanting their numbers. They're just doing out sales and putting in the work and that's it. And they go out of business or they their wife's like, you need to get a job because you're not making any money here. So <laughs> it's a, troublesome to see them like that. And that's one of the reasons why we started doing this. Yeah, I can share that we, and this is probably 15 to 20 years ago, we had a consultant come in and start looking at some of our numbers. We weren't monitoring them either. And we found we lost $159,000 that year in just unproductive time, unbillable time, because we weren't monitoring it. We didn't have all the system procedures in place, you know, things to get wow. guys in, in line. But if we didn't see that number, we'd have probably just kept going the way we were and it wouldn't have ended well. Wow. But once we saw that, it's like, holy cow, just seeing those numbers come out, like, wow, this is a game changer here, you know? Yeah. So it is so important to monitor your numbers. So important. Yeah. You just actually just reminded me of something that we saw last week. I was in a meeting with a client. We were benchmarking their rent expense and their rent expense was over like two times what the industry averages. And we had pointed that out a month ago. We meet with them again this month, right? And she tells us, I went back to my contract, my rental contract, and I find out that my landlord has been charging me more than I should have been charged because the square footage on the contract is for a larger space and they're not in that larger space. So just... Even looking at the benchmarking helped her so much. Now she's trying to get all of that money back that she's already paid from this contract. So, I mean, even with your story, it's just like these things just get uncovered. And how can it if if you don't have financials, right? Yeah, exactly. And honestly, from that point forward, it was like flipping a light switch on for us. Like, oh, we got to change stuff. We have to start monitoring our numbers, you know, and that's what really set us off on, on our journey. But it wasn't until we started really diving in. That's why I, I love what you guys do. And I love how you guys help advise people on this stuff because they need it. We need it. Now, is this something that like any size company should be monitoring, whether they're a single person or, or a larger company? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, if you're a solopreneur just starting out or if you are an established business, have, you know, have been in business for, for many years, you should do it at any point. I like meeting with solo operators the most, to be honest, um, or, you know, maybe I shouldn't say that, but because I feel that there's so much potential there because you can catch things early if you're tracking these KPIs. You rectify it yourself before you bring on employees and you save yourself the headache, right? So a lot of the times what we see is when you're a small business, maybe you're not paying yourself on the books, you're kind of just taking money out whenever you need it. It's not consistent pay. So when we look at the profit and loss, and we do the benchmarking, 
we always take those personal expenses and add them back into the profit and loss. Although that's the accounting people would come after me for that. (laughs) We do it because we need to put a salary for you. As a business owner, you need to get paid. Even if you're not doing it by paycheck, we're going to put that in there for you. And we're going to show you the true picture of what your net profit is. So a lot of the times when um, you're a small business, you don't pay yourself through payroll, it's not going to be on your profit and loss report, right? As salaries, and you might think that you're making a high profit, but then you didn't pay yourself anything. And it's like, okay, so that's why we add that back in to show you the true picture. So no, to answer your question, everybody should be monitoring KPS. I love it. Well, Carla, is there anything else you wanted to add? Any other thing that we didn't talk about here? Nope. I think we okay. covered everything. <laughs> okay. I appreciate your your time today. And you shared a wealth of knowledge. Like anybody who's listening out there, you may have to go back and re-listen, jot down all these formulas and stuff and really start diving in your numbers. And if your books are a mess, reach out to Carla and her team. They can help you uh, get things situated and allow you to be able to make these changes and make adjustments in your business. So I encourage you to reach out to her. Carla, thank you again. How can people reach out to you? Yeah, you can uh, visit our Facebook group called Landscaping Accountant. Direct message us there or email me at Carla P at CycleCPA.com. And I want to thank you too for, for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. And get in that Facebook group because she does a lot of different uh, webinars and has different people on. So it's a great wealth of information there. So definitely get into that Facebook group if you're not in already. All right, Carla. Well, again, thank you so much. I appreciate your knowledge and I appreciate working with you and I appreciate everything your team does. So thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. Have a great day, Carla. You too. That's a wrap on another exciting episode here of the Millionaire Landscaper Podcast. Now, thank you for joining us on this journey and thank you for being a member of our community. Remember our motto, do it dirty means just get started and not be afraid of making mistakes. We honestly believe this is one of the keys to the success in this industry and in life. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, please take a moment, head over to Apple and leave us a review. Your support helps us reach more listeners and bring even more value to the show. Until next time, keep doing it dirty and grow your business to new heights.